This podcast is brought to you by MVR Painting. MVR Painting is a Newcastle-based company with a passion for painting for well and truly over 10 years. They are a small crew making a big difference. If you want the brush with the best, make sure to contact MVR Painting. You can find their pages on Facebook or Instagram under MVR Painting or email them at mark at mvrpainting.com.au. Cheers, peeps. The important question today, fam, is are you okay? Get around your friends, get around your family, talk to each other and make sure... You do a daily check-in, you know, just make sure everyone is okay and is not isolated and not struggling. Just get around your friends and family and share the love. And on Are You OK Day, we had the privilege to talk to Lindsay Walker, the man behind the Newey 100 and multiple challenges in his life to motivate him to, to be better in the community and to help others and, more importantly, to help himself. It was a good chat about mental health awareness and the stuff he does around Lifeline and just what motivates him to, to get up and get after it. So tune in. It's a good listen. Let's go. Let's get ready to rumble. Today is your day. Allow me to introduce myself. Top Deck. Top Deck. Top Deck. The Top Deck Podcast. Now leave your brain stimulated. Gentlemen. Marky Mark. The important question, are you okay? I am okay. Thanks for asking. Lindsay, are you okay? I am. Uh. And I'm okay too. Welcome. Cheers, man. How's your day, lads? Very good. Thank yeah. you for having me. No, nah, man. Thank Thanks you. For Thanks on. for coming on, man. Appreciate it, eh? So, no, nah, it's yeah, What'd your day look like today? Just general. Go down the sunrise, get to the gym, uh, a couple of handstands, and um, obviously got an event uh, quite a few months away, the new 100, and... Uh, doing a crisis support course at the moment, so uh, next week we get um, examined. Yep. So a bit bit of preparation there. I've got my own business, um, and then I've just been sitting here listening to you guys for the last half an hour, and um, I'm looking forward to this. You guys have got good energy, and I'm sure I'm going to learn a few things from listening about your lives as well. Um, most definitely. Like I think you reached out, you know, to, um, on our top deck page and said you wanted to jump on and we did a bit of research and one of our mates that we played footy with did the new E100 with you, Matty yep. Mason. And, um, he was awesome. Yeah, and, you know, I was excited also, you know, and I, like, I contacted you today and just the stuff that you're doing around the lifeline stuff, it's definitely what we talked about off air before is like um, it's a passion for a lot of people and you said for yourself and yep. I, I, I feel and it's the same as Josh, like the podcast and the personal growth and the mental health awareness stuff, it, it becomes a passion, not just something that you want to get noticed for, you know, it becomes yeah. a passion and something close to my heart anyway. So I do praise you on everything that you're doing in your life. Where oh, you, um, oh, you go? You're oh, right. It's just about giving back to the community. I think that's one of the best things you can do, give back to the greater cause. Um, you know, on a personal level, it's not really for me. It's just seeing you know, the, the energy, the transformation in people's lives and seeing people finding new momentum, that's what really gives me the, um, the drive. you know, the drive to do it for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's like that, like when you, you do some self-growth or, or any sort of challenge and you reap the benefits of it, you just want to pass it on, don't you, really? Like, you're like, listen, man, like you, you need to do this, you got to do this. Like once you've done it, you'll understand. Once you start seeing those small increment improvements or, or you reach that target that you want to hit, like you'll be like, oh, like, oh, thank you, man. Thanks for pushing me. So, no, but, it's cool. but what I've realised is you got to let people do it at their own pace. Yep. 
I was always told, I was one of them kids where everyone would be like, don't go, don't do that, don't do that, you should do this. And I would do that and I wouldn't do that, do you know what I mean? And mm. like just rebel. But when when I come out of my addiction, well, not, you know, I always have my addiction, but when I become aware of it, that it was an addiction and I got help, it was because I was ready. Yep. Not because the courts didn't send me there, police didn't send me there, child child services didn't send me there, no partner sent me there, Mark sent me there. Mm. And I think that's why it's been so effective in my life is because I, I was ready to surrender. Yep. And, that, you know, for people that are like that is struggling or have stuff going on when they're ready, I think, you know, and that's when you've got to encourage them like we talked about before. It's all about encouraging them, not trying to fix them. It is. Yeah. But I think with mental health though, it's pretty hard to um – to be ready, you know, like uh, I guess like when I sort of, you know, was struggling a bit coming back from Japan with that parasite that messed with me gut and then it started playing with me head. Like I knew I, was, I wasn't, I was you know, the same me and then you know, I didn't have as much energy and I wasn't outgoing as much and, and I would like go to a coffee shop and tell myself, you know, when you get there, pep up, you know, rah, rah, but you just can't do it. Like you just feel, yeah, you just can't flick that switch in your head, eh, just to... um. There's a lot about energy, um, even in the training I'm getting and just general life, um, you can sense someone that potentially may be requiring that little bit of mm. you, you give them that energy, oh, I'm going to ring someone for you or I'll go with you to that appointment. Yep. That can be huge. Uh, I think personally um, I, I, believed, I believed I was lost in my life. I've never really had a sort of a mental illness, so to speak, but um, I had a professional sporting career, I, was, I went did a lot of good things in my coaching and then um, because I was married so young in a family unit, uh, probably my biggest challenge in life was the fact I was 40 years old, my marriage ended, uh, my ex-wife, she was a, a UK girl and I was an Australian bloke and we just couldn't quite relate where we wanted to live and that just broke down. My children were nearly in their 20s and um, I came back to Newcastle where it all started for me and uh, I just, one of my first ever charities I got involved with was homelessness. Mm-hmm. I felt homeless. I felt lost. And a lot of the um, – I've done a lot of uh, self-awareness and education and listening to mentors. And I think for a lot of people when they find that place where there's no other option for them to accept, oh, I just need some help. Mm-hmm. And whether that – there's no right way or wrong way of doing it. Generally, if you reach out, you're going to have a better chance of probably finding someone that's going to pull you through. Um, but, yeah, I just I just go, man, I'm lost, man, and what am I going to do here? And, and slowly but surely, all of that word you use there, Josh, increments. Um, my life became sort of a daily increment and it's like compound interest. Um, you just get day by day by day and it compounds and all of a sudden you look back and you're like, wow, I, I need more of this and helping people, as you said, Mark, that's part of the process of and you're just going, wow, this is just, I've just got, I, I need to know more of this. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Before we jump, like, you know, keep on that sort of stuff, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you grew up. You, were you living in the UK? Were you born in Australia or...? Yeah, I was a country boy. I was born in uh, Armidale, yeah. lived there till I was three, come to Newcastle, uh, New Lambton, lived in Mile Road, Cardiff. I was a Cardiff high boy, garden suburbs, uh, primary school boy. Uh, pretty early age, uh, I got involved in um, cricket, I was playing for Wolves End when I was sort of 14 in men's cricket and um, I was probably going to go a fair way in the game. My father was English. 
um, haggling English passport. So I went over, missed year 11, mm-hmm. went over to play uh, cricket in England in year 11, missed a lot of it, thought I'd do my schooling while I was over there. Well, good luck with that one, eh? <laughs> uh, I got into cricket, did well. Um, they did work out in those days. It's so much better now. You've got player development mm-hmm. officers and managers and this and that. But they go, you probably best go back and finish your year 12. Yeah. So I did that. Um, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a professional sportsman and um, I had that massive desire to do it. And after year 12, went back and I did it. I did it um, for, for about six, seven years. Got to play uh, for Nottinghamshire. We played against uh, Australian Ashes side, yeah. you know, Steve Waugh and all them boys. That was incredible. Show back there, I faced him. No one ever knew about him. Um, mm-hmm. We were all laughing like, who's this bloke running off the fence? And um, <laughs> he bowled a 10 ball first over. Yeah, and wow. um, the last ball, the yeah, we got a bloke out of our opener who played for England, Tim Robinson. He came out and goes, he's one of the fastest I've ever faced, boys. <laughs> and we all just sat there at Trent Bridge like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And, um, yeah, just oh, actually a funny story there. I, I got myself to 30-odd and uh, he came back on and I hit the best cover drive of my life. I was just walking down the other end. I just couldn't – I was just so excited. And um, next ball, I was LWW. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> just got oh. too excited. And, um, yeah, and so I, I had a good career but I – Pretty badly busted a thumb joint. So I yeah. uh, retired at the age of 20, 25, 24, and then got into coaching, um, coaching their assistant assistant at Nottinghamshire, then went to Malaysia. Uh, I was there for a couple of years coaching their side. That was a wonderful experience. And uh, we wanted to come back to Australia, bring our children up. Ended yeah. up in Melbourne for um, 10 years there. Yeah. Um, I was in England for 10 years, two years in Malaysia, 10 years in Melbourne, and marriage ended. And um, Lindsay Walker's back in Newcastle. Yeah. With not a lot of direction and purpose except uh, life experience, I guess. Yeah, nice. How um, how was it watching the Ashes at home with uh, with an English father? Uh, well, my father, obviously, he'd been out here for a long time. Um, uh, he was very much an Australian, but uh, we used to have a lot of interesting times uh, when my wife, ex-wife, and the kids were watching because they were born in England. Yep. Um, yeah, for... Australia lost a wicket. Everyone was excited and like, man, we're living in Australia. But uh, I got a young, uh, my son Guy, twenty five. He's actually played for Victorian cricket and yeah, um, nice. Yeah, unfortunately, injury as well for him. He's gone uh, down the injury path, so he's actually a mental health advocate as well. So very proud of uh, both my children. I got a daughter as well. Yeah, nice. nice. He had. He's got his own podcast. Yeah. Yeah, he's athlete diaries. So he's, uh, but he's also a, so he's a professional dual sportsman. Yeah. Play for Victorian cricket and uh, the Melbourne Demons in AFL. Yeah, uh, then he's got a nerve in the back of his neck that doesn't work anymore. He got an unusual tackle and um, yeah, at the moment, uh, a lot, of, not a lot of physical activity. He's learning more. The mental health mm. is very important in his life. So I'm very proud of um, both of them what they're doing. It's awesome how he can turn, you know, something like an injury. You know, for a sportsman that like their life is what what they're playing, you know, and it's good yeah. to see that people can turn their life around and use it as a motivation to work on their, their inner Yeah, self. well, he spent, oh, he probably spent the last four years of his professional career watching. Yeah. He had many demons or many days mm. where he's just like this, I just can't sit and watch. So he, uh, I guess they're probably the best coaches or mentors in life are people that have experienced the worst rather sure. than the natural talent and, so, and that's, you know, so I was a player, a coach, I've sat back and watched people and I think that helps me now probably um, say about my life and, you know, I'm here to help anyone and that gives an invitation for people to open up to you. 
like with your marriage like ending, is that when Lindsay found the path of wanting to help or wanting to, you know, motivate yourself or like how did that come about? Yeah, I, I just guess I. He's forty years old. Looking back, and um, I know like Oprah Winfrey talks about, what would you say to your younger self? Mm. And you look back then, and you're like, wow, man, you were nowhere near who you are now, and. I'm still a person that will always evolve, learn. I want to hang around like I love listening to people like yourself because you sort of, if you're in a running, if you're in a running group, you want to run with someone that's faster than you mm-hmm. or you're never going to improve. And um, I just guess that I just had no skills to think. I could be alive for another 40 years. Mm. What am I going to do? I didn't really have a passion to, obviously I, I had a massive drive to be a professional sportsman. That had gone. Um, How did you deal with that mentally? Well, I think I was going to get into the coaching very quickly. I'd already been coaching in the winters there. So they were very much like, oh, well, if you retire, there'll be a coaching job. So that was – I was okay with that one. You know, a lot of sports people, and I've done some stuff with the military, you know, for them to reintegrate back into society is very mm. hard and that happens to sports people. But I was um, I was okay with that. But it was just the fact that I – no sport, no coaching. Yeah. Wow. Do you find you, did, you, did you find you lost the sense of your identity? Because that was what you were just used to, like yeah. the, the sport, the coaching and all that sort of stuff? Or I think as a sports person, you get everything given to you mm. type of thing. So you don't really require anything. So I had nothing really because I had no skills to survive. Mm. Um, we had that discussion actually at dinner on um, Tuesday night, like about footballers. You know, once they sort of retire and that, yeah, they don't have those other skills in life to go and pursue something else, you mm. know, and it's – um. And that's why they are affected so bad by mental health because yep. they sort of they don't have no direction. They don't know where to go. Yeah, and it's masters play. They've got their um, you know managers now, and they've yeah. got uh, performance people at the highest levels now, making sure they're doing courses. And yeah, it's, it's a lot different to my day anyway. Yeah, well, we go uh, sit up the sunrise with a couple of young Knights boys, and um, yep. when they make top thirty, if you're twenty years or younger, they were saying that. You got to go and do work experience for yep. one day a week, just to you know get them familiar with a trade or something like that. And I really like that. Yeah. About how you know it's only up until now, but it's like ten years ago, then none of this was around. Mm. Keeps you grounded too. Yeah, for mm. sure. But um, I think there's a statistic like a professional cricketer will last eight years, an AFL player be four years. So wow. if you're alive for eighty years. That's a, a very small chunk of your life to make a lot of money if you think you're going to settle on that. Yeah, but it's not. So it's like COVID, you know, if you think, unfortunately, some people lose their jobs and bits and their home and they think it's okay, but you've then got to get back into it, mm. you know, and it's hard to reintegrate back after you've lost what you probably loved. Yeah, that's it's right. It's been challenging times now. Yeah, and it's about opening your mind, I think, when this stuff comes around. I've seen so many people and we've talked to so many people, like with podcasting and stuff, like how their business has really taken off mm. through the COVID stuff. So mm. I think the more open-minded you are, yep. the or, more opportunity presents yeah. itself. Or it's they've, you know, it's they've had to shut their gym or whatever and they've had to go and okay. Online. They've to, yeah, they've had to just reevaluate and change their direction and yep. how they do things and re-innovate their, their business. So. Mm. You've got to you've got to keep re-innovating, evolving, you know, business, life, anything really. Well, for sure, like you know, today, um, yesterday was the highest ever volume of calls in Australia to Lifeline. Yeah, wow. Yeah, thirty percent more yesterday than the same time last year. Uh, they, and they were struggling over COVID to have crisis mm. 
support callers to train them. I was going to get trained before COVID hit. And then they've, what we've done, we had to do it over Zoom now. Mm. So they had to get the new protocol, new course ready. And it's amazing, you know, you're getting people crying out for needing help and they're getting less people behind the phones, but that's all going to change very shortly. Yeah, so. it's interesting. And the mainstream media doesn't, you know, doesn't really throw these statistics out, do they? They just focus on all the negative with this COVID, you know, oh, where yeah. there's a bigger problem with this COVID and that's, yeah, you know, people uh, unfortunately taking their lives and, and struggling real bad. Yeah, it's isolation. Mm. You know, any, any way of isolating, becoming more withdrawn will bring on a negative effect to you. Most and, definitely. Um, COVID is certainly something that has done that and um, now we're in a recession, a global recession, and we've got a physical pandemic. So it's um, it's just, yeah, the just message is so important to connect, speak to people. Mm. And we're in a world where we've got social media. Um, you, ha- you have so many devices where if you use it positively, you can get a very positive outcome, whereas if obviously you look at social media and get anxious because so-and-so's got doing this and they might not actually be doing that, then that's a negative way of using it. Yeah, that's so, right. Well, you look at the big OC, big OE Craigie, you know, he's um, he's doing great things with Chase the Energy, you mm. know, just positive vibes, positive vibes, you know, getting people to um, engage and share the videos and then he's just spreading it yep. viral. So, yeah, no, it's good. You've got to do it that way. Yep. Especially right now, you know. I mean, in general all the time, yes, but, um, yeah, in these, mm. these certain times, 2020, where we really need to push it out there more and more. Yep. So. so tell us a little bit more about how you got involved with Lifeline. I'm not sure how much you can talk about it, but um, like, yeah, how did you get involved with what, what, like, what was the driving force behind that? Yeah, and no, I was um, so I started off really doing more for homelessness. Yeah. Um, then I got into um, I wanted to do a like fifty two thousand Merriweather stairs one day. Um, I did know so homelessness, Ronald McDonald House, and then um, I wanted to do the stairs at Merriweather. And I was just in my gym and I'm like, I had a, I wanted to represent this country, so to speak, but I couldn't, I'd obviously done my sport. I would have loved to have probably gone to war type of thing. And I was just on a bike and there's an ex-military bloke, ex-vet, and he's just talking, all right, I'm going to look up Google ex-military, got soldier on. So um, I did an event for them and then uh, I got told, uh, mate, you've got to make more money, you've got to get more people involved and uh, you're not going to do it on your own. And I was a bit like, still like, oh, man, I'm still a little bit lost in my life and I can't really think about, you know, engaging too many people. And then I got involved in the boot camp down uh, Merriweather Bars on a Saturday. Got a, a good, a great bunch of blokes and um, a couple of ladies and eventually uh, they were doing some big challenges and I thought about that time that man spoke about from Bondi was living in Newcastle at the time. He said, mate, get more people involved. So I thought, righto, we'll do that. And then I thought a 100-kilometre run, and then I just really couldn't get a, a charity to really want to, you know, public liability and help mm. me with getting the event with the Newcastle Council. And there's just so many things in and I just put out a few feelers and Lifeline came in, uh, Lifeline Newcastle. So it's not – it is Lifeline Australia, but we can – Lifeline Newcastle can run off their own identity. It's a big enough city and all the funds and awareness stays in our, in our city. So they got back, said, yeah, man, we've got public liability. We'd love to do it. And then I'm thinking, so I've done homelessness, military, Ronald McDonald House. They're, they're representing every mental health space. And I thought it's just the perfect fit. And then you, all of a sudden I was getting attraction from people on my social media about, especially the new 100, how it's touching so many people. And um, I thought, 
I was getting some pretty like um, full-on people contacting me about their mental health, like suicide and that sort of stuff. And I was starting to tell Lifeline and they're like, Jesus, man, you, you really are attracting a lot of that sort of stuff. We need to train you up. So, um, yeah, I've done a few courses and now I'm, the biggest one I'm doing is being across the support um, volunteer. So I'll be on the phones hopefully in two weeks' time. I've got to pass a couple of, um, you know, exams and – uh, under pressure when they'll be yeah. ring ring role play and you've got to handle it well and I'll be on the phones. Is it like always been a passion since getting into this stuff? Like is that something like helping people? Like um, has it always been a passion for you? Like do you reckon that's, to word it a bit better, do you reckon that comes from your coaching mentality? You always, you know, yeah. to encourage people but now this is just another level. Yeah, I think even like playing sport, you know, a cricket team of 11 players and there's, mm. well, there's a squad and um, then you get into coaching and you're consistently helping Pearl. I'm mm. a father, a proud father. You know, I was married 20 years which is a pretty good effort in this day and age yeah. and, um, yeah, I've always wanted to give back but I didn't know how and first I had to kind of look after Lindsay Walker and then, Mm. Then this stuff started to pop up, and you're like, "Oh, I love it! I, I do it all, all day, every day." But obviously, you've got to earn an income, and um, you have to sometimes rest as well. Yeah. Rest is vital. Yes, rest is key. We talked, talked about that. Just you know, off air about um, setting boundaries around yourself mm. and not burning out. I'm one <laughs> to swallow my own words, and that, like, like I spoke about, you know, it's I don't know that I'm getting exhausted exhausted until it's very close to a meltdown. Yeah. But like we talked about, you know, I have awareness. So when I do get to that, I'm like, okay, I need to drop something to try to give a bit of self-care, you know, mm. a bit of a – like I'm up at 3.30 every morning and not home till like 4, 4.30, 5 o'clock in, in the afternoon and then constantly between everything I'm juggling. So I've got to try to find that balance so I don't burn out. Yeah. I think – when you get when you find yourself or when you find things you love, you just get an automatic energy. Yeah, and you true. can go and go and go. And yeah. people like like I get up at. I think I heard you taking a, speaking to Nerida last week. You, once someone gets up at three thirty in the morning, yeah, like man. yeah, you were just yeah. saying there. Oh, I get up at three forty five. Yeah, and um, I am just bang yeah. to like ten and eleven o'clock. And then people are like, "How do you do it?" Oh, I go home. I have like a meditation, little sleep yeah. type thing, half hour. Then I can go bang again. Yeah. And then five o'clock at night, you know, I start to wind down. Yeah. And um, yeah, I get a good night's sleep. I eat well. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I eat chocolate. I eat chips and yeah. have yeah. the odd, uh, you know, beer type stuff. And yeah. um, I was yeah. going to ask that. I was going to, you know, with you doing that new E100 and everything, what your nutrition's like. Well, people people go to me like I think by the end of this year, I'll have done six of my own events that last over fourteen hours. You go back a. You know, 18 months ago, I did the Newcastle Marathon and I hadn't run more than 10Ks in, say, six or seven years. It's never been a passion of mine to run, but I find that doing things you don't necessarily like actually grow you. Mm. And all of a sudden, you one step in front of another, you're out there on your own for so long, you go within yourself. I think that the happiest people in life, I find, are the ones that know themselves, or look after themselves. And and just doing all that stuff, the training, the discipline, um, it just it just seems to work for me well, and I can just go forever. When you are running and you you know like you want to give up, like is there something you draw on for strength, or is it? Yeah, 
Yeah, I just um, I get better at it. In the yeah. initial stages, I would be like, who else would be doing this? Yeah. And you're just tricking your brain into forgetting about the pain. Uh, you look at a road sign, wherever you are at the beach, you, you try and pick something. And you're like, how, how or how's that person's day been going? So you literally are just fighting the mind and I'm sure your brain is designed to protect you. Like you don't need doing this. Yeah, true. And I think you can. The, the human is amazing. If they truly believe something in their mind, they can see a picture. They can just about achieve anything they want. And and that's just stuff that I go like, who who runs around Lake Macquarie? It's 100Ks. I don't know that anyone ever done it. And you just like, you just do it running in the middle of the night and then all of a sudden people come out and, you know, they know you're doing it and they give you a bit of, give you a bottle of water or when you're on the stairs, you know, you just got, well, when I, so I did the 100,000 stairs and. Merriweather. Merriweather stairs. Yeah. It took 24 hours. I started at midnight <laughs> to midnight. And I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did 20 minutes and I cannot walk the next day. My calves oh, are on fire. Mate, you just, so you got there, like, driving past <laughs> the beaches and. You know, there's a, a bloke doing the right thing by his girlfriend, pulling her hair out while she's been sick in the gutter, and you're like, oh, this, <laughs> this is going to start. <laughs> and then you just like, there's a there's a group about one o'clock, just, um, you know, it's a warm night, it's the last day of summer, and they're, they're starting to strip off into their underwear and they're going in the, in the small pool, and you're like, oh, leave all the rest of your clothes on because this is, can't have this, <laughs> trying, to, trying to concentrate. And, but then, like, probably about midday, an 80 three-year-old man turned up and he goes oh my wife heard about you doing this on facebook he stayed there for four hours he was preparing for a uta 100k in the blue mountains in this september yeah and like he's actually making me almost feel bad because he would just like he's pushing me man and the last thing i i was probably already sixty thousand stairs or whatever into it oh. like eventually i went off to the toilet and he says, yeah, I'm going to sit down, Lindsay. I'm going, no worries, Frank. He's from Nelson Bay. And he's like, yeah, he sits down. I come out from the tour. He's still sitting down like you, beauty. Get up the top of the stairs thing and he's not coming. He's going to stay there. And next thing I know, I turn around to come down and there he is, little Frank running up the stairs. And like, oh, mate. <laughs> and then he goes, I've got to go. I'm doing night fill tonight at Safeway at Woolworths. And you're like up in the bay and you're like, that was just like, seriously, we can't complain too much. Mm. And the passion that man and the energy Good still had at that age is just like, yep, I'm going to be, I'm a younger version of Frank at the moment. <laughs> is that what got you through, that one? Oh, no, it's so many people come and um, yeah. oh, just there's a lady that was there earlier in the day. She come back and bought some homemade, you know, cupcakes mm. and you just, people were doing stories and you could just see your phone lighting up and. Yeah, cool. It's just. I guess as well. I did a hundred thousand stairs, but I did another four hundred and forty as well, just in case anyone ever wants to try to beat it. How <laughs> <laughs> is that? So, what do you do with that? So, do you go okay, like you calculate how many stairs there is and how long it takes you to do one set, and go like, do you go? I'm going to hold this pace over. Oh, there's a, you've never. I've never been there. I've done fifty two thousand before. Mm-hmm. Um, even doing like the new one hundred in January. Like, so I found it like the event. Or I was a voice behind it. And you're like, man, I'm, I've never done more than 50Ks in my life. If I don't complete it, I look stupid. But it's, it's I guess you've got it in your mind. Yeah, you've got it in your mind. You can see a picture. And then you do it once. You start to go, I didn't know I was going to do 100,000 stairs that day. 
I knew I was going to go 24 hours. Even if I had to sleep in my car, I'd, I would have done it. There's no rules. Um, but you just start. I hate the start of events, like the first, say, mm. 5Ks. I did Streslecki on my own for 63Ks in February or March, that was. And uh, the first 5Ks, you're like, but once you started getting in, my son's like, Dad, you've done 40Ks. You saw a story. That's a marathon just going up and down Streslecki. He goes, cut it out now, pack it in. And I'm like, nah, this is when the big boys just start, man. And he's just like, righto. And he just, he logged out. He didn't talk to me again for the rest of the day. Yeah. But you just, you start hitting new territory. And I think once you start hitting new bests or little new strides in your life, you just become more and more empowered. Yeah. I think that's the way of putting it. And the pain, yep, you feel pain, pain when you finish these events. But every time in my life I've only ever grown from physical or mental pain. So... That's another reason why uh, I, f- I find that hard to explain that one. But when you're done, you're like, oh, I hurt bad, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. I won't, I'll never do it again, but then I'll be lining up for something again in a month's time. Yeah, nice. Do you, how do you prepare yourself for that, like mentally? Do you have a ritual that you go through each time before, like um, meditation and that sort of thing? Or No, you talked about nutrition before. That's huge. A couple of people in the new 100 didn't eat properly and they, they're going to do it again this year and eat better. Um, nutrition is huge. Um, the day before, I just shut down. I watch um, YouTube, just crazy people doing events. Well, not crazy, but like inspired. I watched them like one. I almost started crying. A, a 58-year-old did a 100-miler in um, New Zealand and you win this, you get this rock if you finish and he was behind and the match, the, 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 the bloke in charge of the whole event, he came out and helped the man get home. Yeah, wow. And he's like, and then another bloke, and Aussie did a 250K run through some desert and he blew his shoes out to start with because high altitude, blisters, and you're just like, man, if these people can do it, it just grows your fraction. And I feel like Goggins and yeah. Jocko Wilnack and these little sayings that you just listen and remember. Yeah. So that's how I prepare and uh, I, just, I just guess I've learned to go in myself. Mm-hmm. That pain just means that I've... Just go and find somewhere and just draw it out and just before I know it, the pain's gone, the wall's gone. I messaged I messaged Maddie after the new one hundred days just to congratulate him. Like, how are you feeling? And yeah, he just he just wrote bad. <laughs> like that's all he wrote. Is like, this, is this, if he's gonna listen to this, I don't think he's registered for the next one yet. So yeah. uh, have you got a message for him, boys? Yeah. Get into it. Eat some food. He's looking thin. We did a training run up um up the <laughs> Sorry, stairs Maddie. and then up the hill where we called it the tree of hope. And he was doing it one day and he's like, he's telling me about being a vegan. So mm. you know if someone's fit they can talk. Mm when you're doing this hard stuff. So you're like, I don't want to chat with him. He's like going on about all this vegan stuff. And he's like, Lynn's got to become a vegan. And I go, oh, man, I love, I, I, yeah, I eat a good diet, but I like a bit of protein meat. Yeah. He said, what's your favourite? And he go, I go, prawns. And he says, they're sea cockroaches, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's so funny. He's, <laughs> he's funny. Yeah. So that, he's yeah. the front rower. Yeah, he's one of the roof. One of the biggest hitters I've ever played footy with, to be yeah. honest. Now he'd be lucky to make the wing. Yeah, yeah no, he's, uh, <laughs> run the water out. Yeah, he's good energy, man. He just yeah. he's, he's a different he's a different bloke, and um, I I really appreciated him in the event. Yeah, yeah he um yeah he's come a long way from when we yeah. played footy with him. He's um yeah, he's turned his life around. Yep. found yoga, you know, become a vegan, and yeah, yeah. No, he's doing he's doing well. But I 
I don't know whether he's cut off social media or what because I used to see a lot of stories mm. of him running and that, but I haven't. I haven't seen him. Yeah, no, he's Maybe probably I unfollowed him. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I did declutter me Insta, so hopefully he's yeah. just um, hopefully he's just rested up and he's just about to go bang again. Yep. And start running. Maybe yeah. it's a good good opportunity to check in with him. It yeah, is. his number no, there. So. Okay. Yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. So when you um, when you said they didn't eat right for the new E one hundred, what what did they sort of do wrong? Oh, there's Dave uh, who's come back again this year. He's Dave. on the new 100. Um, he's put it that he, he was eating this like granary stuff and um, he just doesn't cut it. You just can't eat little biscuits when you're doing 100Ks. You lose like you use up say 10,000 calories. Mm. You have to just be putting through food. While you're doing the run? Or? Yeah, you got to learn to eat while you're running. Oh, we'd say we, we had three laps of basically 30Ks and then the last – 10Ks, we're back at Merriweather Bars where the community could yep. jump in with us. So you had plenty of times to eat, but if you can learn to eat a little bit on the run, it helps. But And also the drink, there's like a drink where there's like a tailwind type thing. You can put a carb drink into your camel pack yep. so you're actually feeding yourself. So he just, um, if you lose 10,000 calories, you just, um, you have to replace it. Mm. Your blood sugar levels go all over the place. You just lose energy and it got to 50Ks and you're looking at him and he's like, you're like, whoa. Mm. And we're never going to leave anyone because you, you just wanted to drag him and got him back to the 60K mark when I, I rang ahead to the crew, said, you're going to have to work a miracle on this bloke. And um, we left Merriweather, got to where the blue door was and I looked at him and he looked like he was going backwards on a travelator. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, got to the bottom of Streslecky and I rang through to Matty Mason Get back down here. You got him in the event. You two are going to sort this out. If he's going to leave the event, you two make the decision. Yeah. And then Jody Whitehead, he's a very he's a legend runner around Newcastle. He helped Dave. Oh, I ran forward a bit. I needed to clear my head a fraction because Dave was dragging me down, man. And um, I did 15Ks with him and then Jody helped him for maybe 10. Then we got to, out to Islington where the turning point for that event was that year. And he's like, nah, Dave's cooked. Yeah. And then he turned up and I'm like, mate, have you got an Uber? <laughs> he, bad. Oh, he got there. And then um, we kept packing him with food and uh, Rachel Gaynor, she's a bit of a legend in the yoga and uh, mindfulness of um, remedial massage in Newcastle. She, amazing, like she worked all day. She rode around Newcastle doing her massaging stuff and then she went, no, oh, I'm doing 100Ks now, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And mm-hmm. um, she kind of hit a wall at the end and... Same thing, I just have those cliff bars and things in my pockets and you're just like, just eat, man, just eat. Yeah. And um, so everyone finished. So food is just as important as the training. You probably don't actually have to overtrain. Yeah, right. The day, the event of anything, I think the, the, the adrenaline will just drag you so much further. Were you just doing small, consistent runs to train or were you doing big? Um, we had a guy called Matty Marks from the boot camp who did a lot of helped so many people with their preparation. I guess I... I wanted to do longer stuff to start with to try to show people the effects of going out to do 50K, 60Ks in a day, uh, get the feel if I could educate anyone. Um, but no, I think uh, one person was like about 117 kilos and 10 weeks before the event he decided to do it. And um, oh, wow. he he did it. He did an amazing achievement. And, um but I think the greatest thing about the event is so many people share their mental health story, whether mm. they had one or whether they didn't, how they wanted to raise funds and awareness for potentially something could go wrong in their life. Yeah. 
Um, but on the night, because it goes through the night, so many people came out to help individuals or groups and I think that's what it's all about. It's, to me, connection, mm. being able to talk, telling people your pain, other people being around you. It, it just typifies how someone can become a happier, more vibrant person. Yeah. I remember waking up in the morning, it rained, didn't it? Yeah. So we had like, <laughs> we're probably going to get maybe four, 400 people or something like that at the end and it rained and we still probably got 100 there. Yep. And there were people crying at the end of the event. Mm. It was yeah, like... Yeah, so we're working hard to, to make it bigger this year. We'll probably have Nobbies as our major station um, and go to Merriweather, then back out to Carrington. And so we can get more people can park there. It's a bigger area to feed people. Mm. Um, and when does that kick off? Uh, that'll be May 1 and 2 next year. So, um, But also next year with the event, it's not only people can do 100Ks, you can have people doing 50Ks by two. Or 25Ks by four. So mm. if you can't do the 100, you can still do 25 with three other people to make the 100. Uh, and also you've got the thing at the end where people can join in and do 5Ks or the last 10Ks. So I think mental health or your whole life isn't about the distance. It's your journey. Yeah. That's what there I really... Go, yeah, definitely something. It's me and you. There. Yeah. There's, there's, there's two out of the four. Top deck. Yeah, you're top in. deck. Oh, Joe's, one and two. Joe and we got 50 each. Joe and Deals. Hey. Yeah. I'll Joe. jump aboard. Joey puts in a few Ks. Yeah, on his bike. No, he runs a few, oh. fair few Ks. And so. Dill, Dill just told us he doesn't do cardio <laughs> this morning. Oh, well, so. now's the time to yeah. start. <laughs> but it's um, like the whole thing, it's like across the Newcastle foreshore. Yeah. Like where, where else in the world yeah, 100%. can you find that you basically buy the water the whole mm. time? And, um, you know, you go over a few hills, so you got a little bit of a challenge, but it, a lot of it's flat as well. It's honestly like soul-soothing being near the water. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's bliss. Every day that you sit down there, where, even this morning we were all up having a coffee down there and yep. um, it was like gloomy as, but mm. it's still peaceful. Yep. No matter what the weather's like, you know. Something uh, always changes. Yeah, it's so true, so true. So that was the first one. Yeah, like, we've yeah. done the inaugural, so we... Would you change much this time or...? Um, well, hopefully get more awareness, more people involved. Yeah. Uh, obviously more donation, hopefully, towards our community for Lifeline. Um, but we've slightly changed the route. Yeah. Um, but besides that, we're just learning. Yeah. We've got a we've got a gold sponsor. We've got sponsors now that want to get involved. So you're like, right, you know, we we can make it better and better. But obviously, it's still about the mental health. It's it's always been about our local city, about promoting physical and mental health, uh, sure. getting local people in there, and certainly getting a local charity or organisation to benefit from. It's huge. Yeah, I've seen that you did um, the sleep out for soul. Yes, I've I've done that every year for the last uh, three years. And well, this I did year the we last had to one do it. as well. Yeah, I did it on my balcony at home, and yeah, uh, the rain came in at the side at the end, and um, oh, my balcony didn't uh, cover me properly, so oh, no. got wet. That's all right, mate. Yeah. Oh, that's it. I homelessness. I got a lot of passion for them. I volunteer like before COVID hit in the kitchen with Rick and Sue yep. as well. Yep. Um, every I think it was like 
I ended up doing it through the business cells like mm. on a Tuesday, but then COVID hit, so yeah. I don't know really what's going on there, but they're lovely people. We had Rick on the podcast. He was the very he first the person first on the podcast. Yeah, he's so. good. Legend. Awesome guy. Got a voice for radio, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Can just uh-huh. can talk. Absolute yeah. legend. Well, he's a pastor, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he is. So, so he's, he's used to it, but they're lovely people. I love yeah. what they do there. That's yeah. something I think um, that was another thing before I ended up going to rehab, but I don't know. Now having awareness around it, it was like I wanted to do something for the community because mm. I wasn't feeling very good about myself and that that was a place that I went to and then two and something years later I've really formed a great relationship with, yeah. with that crew there it's so special yeah do you know have you met Steve Poulton there Steve he won the uh, local hero last year from um, Soul Cafe yeah no, no. he's a great bloke he's, he's more Monday Wednesdays I think but, yeah uh, right but I what I wanted to do which they did last year in the one when you could sleep out in normal a couple of them slept rough yeah. The week before it. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I've seen I'd be that. all over that. So, yeah. fellas, are we doing that or what? Yeah, I'm keen. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be heaps keen. Let's do it. Do something right like that. Yeah. I'll commit to that. Will you commit to the 50 or the 25K? Do we I'll go 25. You know, I, I, <laughs> oh, no, I've got to challenge myself to run 5K. You do 75 then. <laughs> <laughs> I'd do 50. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, if you we'll do get, 50, 25, just get we'll one just, other. Yeah, one other. Yeah, I'll commit to that. Yeah, right. Done. Yeah, yeah, should yeah right, <laughs> why not? For sure. Um, we'll go 25. Next year, I'll go the 50. We'll, do the 25. <laughs> we'll get four yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. All right. for sure. Yeah, no. um, definitely. How do, we, how do we go about it? Uh, if you get on the new 100 yeah. uh, Facebook, there's a sticky ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are limited spaces. Yeah, okay. There still is, you know, there's plenty of spaces at the moment, but it will be limited. Yeah. We can only get a certain amount of our event application from the council. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah but uh, just jump on and get yeah. straight on it tonight. Yeah, I'll fill you in if you're after. Uh, All right, where are Sounds in? good. Joey Dill, we'll talk to you tomorrow <laughs> yeah. morning. No, I'll talk to him after. Matty Mason this. can train his up. Yeah, for sure. I'm, nah, nah. I'm, I'm not going vegan, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not getting trained by him, man. Uh, he pushes for that vegan thing, eh? Yeah. He pushes. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So. But um, no, that sleep, like that sleep out stuff, like what you said, yeah. I'm definitely keen for that. Anything like we talked about off here, anything that um, I can challenge myself around that, you know, mm. just to better myself and sort of get myself on the same level as what some, you know, that people can relate to, you know. It sort of yep. brings you, just humbles you a lot. Oh, I went, well, I did that East Coast low run 19 hours. <laughs> I started at 10 o'clock at night and I really only saw foxes and uh, rabbits um, <laughs> in the city. And it's pretty scary, like, running out near the break wall. I've run out to the break wall at 2 in the morning for, like, training purposes and it's it's very like fear to me is if you can tackle fear and I'm never I'm never advocating do something stupid. Yeah, healthy, I was very healthy, careful. I had my phone. Fear. Yeah, I had my phone with me, and if anything went off, I just ring straight away. I yeah. told someone I'm running out there, and but um, to to be in the city, any city during those early hours of the morning must be very very mm. like those people. I I've had a lot to do with homelessness mm. and um you know some that would sit on trains buy a train mm. ticket to go to Sydney and back for the night $7 have their stuff stolen while they're on the train it's just really is that's why I really got a passion for society mm. hearing those sort of stories when is that when is the sleep out it's in the, it's pretty much in the middle of winter yeah. i think it's june time yeah i'm pretty sure it's Early Something June, like, I think, or May, late May. And um, 
like last time when I did it, it was at the car park. Yeah, I slept on the top roof. Yeah, I don't know. It was packed. Yeah. And I probably did it. I was a bit of a glamper. I didn't full, full rough it where I said to myself, I wanted to do it this year. I didn't do it from home. Yeah. But like if it was outdoors, like I wanted to actually just full rough it mm. because I just wanted to get a feel for it last time. Yep. And I did and I was like, you know what, like I was glad I did it to be a part of, but I didn't mm. really feel a sense of achievement because I was like, you know what, I didn't do it rough. Yeah. So I really wanted to dive myself, you know, be so vulnerable to yeah. get a gist of it all, but um, yeah, hopefully next year yep. the COVID clears a bit and they can have it up and running because mm. definitely a good cause, that's for sure. Yep, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Salt like, Cafe is great. Oh yeah, they do great things, and especially with the, this platform, you know, like where we constantly are growing with followers and everything. So you know where we're at next this time or that time next year. Mm. You know, before the sleep out, it'd be good to sort of plug it and just do a vlog type thing and get a lot of exposure for it. You know, yep. and, and bring awareness to it. So. No, for sure. I'll also reach out to um to my work too. They do a lot of um sponsorships around yep. around Newcastle and everything too. So Ah beautiful. Uh we'd we'd certainly uh we want to promote Newcastle any way we can yeah. and I think we'd offer well, good value. Family, family owned business and everything. Yeah. And so um yeah, they'd yep. they'd definitely probably jump on. So I'll reach out to the owners tomorrow. Mm. Appreciate sure. that. For sure. So you sort of touched on it before, but who do you look up to or who do you base your driving mentality off other than yourself like Goggins or like is there other people or yeah I've got you know Goggins I'll have Jocko Wilnack um they're very motivational discipline wise yeah uh bloke called Joe Dispenza who talks about the you know the quantum realm your brain how that all works I find that fascinating how you can rewire you know where we've we've got so many think 70,000 thoughts a day which you're like wow do we so when we're asleep, we're still thinking. And if you don't rethink something different, you are thinking the exact same things that you're thinking yesterday. So like I was saying, you know, I've never driven this far into Carrington before. So you're like, wow, it's a different it's a different place I've been to. So you're kind of, it's a new thought. Mm. So I'm always trying to challenge myself with new thoughts. And oh, I, don't, I probably don't follow too many. I, I, I try to listen to so many different people mm. and where the energy is at the time, you know, you're like, wow, I really identify with that because I think that from this that you're talking about this time next year, your podcast, I could be a total, I'll be the similar sort of person but might have a different view on a certain top topic we're talking about tonight. Yeah. But um, he's massive. Um, I just guess anyone that's just looks like they're just really the energy, they're achieving great stuff, you're like, how they do that? I want to know a little bit. Tell me, and it might be like that Frank that I did the the eighty year old mm. doing the stairs with. I'm like, how do you do this, man? And um, we still chat. You know how he's going. That's it. It doesn't have to be mainstream people, does it? You know, mm. like I um today at work, I had the headphones in and I was listening to our podcast with um Sean. Yeah. And um yeah, like I I remember Rick, like doing the podcast with him here, and then. When he left after he was talking about like uh, mentors and that sort of thing and like he, it just inspired me and then listening to it again today, like I just got that oomph, a bit more, you know, inspiration to, to get after things a bit more again. So yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to come from mainstream people. It can come from anyone, your mate or whoever. So Yeah, well you say like you got Sage Payne as a, mm. you know, yeah. your, He's I'm like sure that person me, yeah. Yeah, will drag you through times when you're a bit unsure. So, Well, I was working for him at the time when I was um, – well, I pretty much worked for him mm. over half through my addiction and he 
had me back several times when I went missing and, you know, just constantly was there. Mm. And um, he was the one that actually dropped me to rehab, you know. He's always yep. been there and I've always took that for granted up until now. Yeah. And when now he's seen me consistently change my life and I'm actually serious about what I'm doing now. Mm. And um, he's helped me in business a lot. Like I'm very grateful for him, that's for sure. Yeah, like, but he probably saw something in you many, many years ago and go, there's yeah. something in that bloke that yeah. I reckon will come good. And a lot of people have said that and I just never had the belief in myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I always felt less than all my life. And um, it's not until now I've found my true identity where I'm like, you know what, I am a good person. Mm. You know, I just, I would just make bad choices, had made bad choices. Yeah. So, and I, I was told that by several people, you know, you're a good person, you just make bad choices. That's it. You got self awareness, self, you know, self love. And um, mm. personally, I, I was lucky through the English Players Association in England, I could get a sports psychologist and I was put through a bit of a course. And he talked about self, self-love, self man, where's your self-love? And I just thought that's a narcissist type thing. Mm. You know, I don't know, it's all about me giving. But the more I love myself, the greater I can love others. And um, you're like, wow. So, yeah, like you're talking, you're, you're speaking about yourself being a good person. Yeah, that's right. It's like that saying, you know, you fill your cup up and it overflows yeah. in other people's cups. So you always got to work on yourself and then the overflow goes and benefits everyone else around you. Yeah, for sure. And it's not only just the mental health that I, you know, people that are in mental health issues, it's the fact that those that are doing really well, make sure you keep working yourself because if you let yourself go for a period of time, you could be struggling. And without you even knowing. Yeah, and you just slowly but surely you just start getting slower and like things you, start like, popping in. Like you said, I think it's the biggest um, thing to look for is when people isolate, yep. like, you know, I've learned through my process that, you know, the opposite to addiction is connection mm. for, for a recovering addict. And oh, I love to have that connection. I've got a lot of connections throughout my day, mm. which helps me. And Well, we on the phones, for, I'm not, obviously I've got a confidentiality type thing you sign, but we are actually taught to ask everyone, are they, have they got thoughts of suicide? Mm. So even in life, you could see the most happiest person they they may not be that happy inside. Right. So and generally the ones that are the suicidal ones are the ones that are coming across that you'd never believe it. So just that question it's can so just change true. someone's life. And they're like, yeah, actually I am, man. And then yeah, yeah righto. Thank you for sharing that. Let's find out a bit more. Well, we talked about at the beach all the time, and it's like um, when you like you know the natural default as a human, it's like hey, going yeah, good. Mm. But it's asking again, yeah. how, how are you actually going? Mm. Oh, I'm all right. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Have just, a think about the question and then answer it. Yeah, yeah like that's that. right. Just give us that automated response. Well, ask again because mm. usually just people's natural default is, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Mm. But really they're not. <laughs> oh, yeah, you taught, you know, stiff up a lip, you'll be all right, old boy. Yeah, and that's, that's right. the thing. There's Just just be honest. And um, the one of the other things we are taught now is to listen. We are actually... One of the things I loved about when we were going to do the course, we were told we would be a world international listener mm. of that quality. So you are there just to listen and sit with someone's pain, reflect their feelings, and then to basically empower them to become, you know, if they want to be safe, empower them with stuff that they can move forward just for maybe tomorrow yeah. or tonight and then, um, yeah, build from there. That's powerful. Like. Rather than trying to fix them like, yeah, yeah, do that right, do that right, but... You're not sitting in someone's pain. And that's the last thing they want to hear. 
He's just, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, you, th- you think like people try. And I learnt that too. I, I was not a very good listener. I was like, and when I, when I was away, it was, they were like, take the cotton bud out of your ears and stick it in your mouth. Mm. I was like. Yeah, it's a good old saying. That one, I heard that yeah, one when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, and it's so true, you know. And, and I've always found, because I really feel, my brain goes 100 miles an hour, but if I, if I was in a lecture and I'd shut my eyes, I'd take in more content because mm. I weren't going, you know, not distracted by my surroundings. Yep. So I was just trying to implement little things that help me listen because, <laughs> to be honest, if you ask a lot of people, it's pro- it's one of the hardest things to do mm. is to just sit and listen. Mm. Yep. It it's easy to have an opinion but to actually sit and listen to someone is, you know, it's an art. Mm. <laughs> and I guess that's what they teach you there, you know, which is pretty Wow, special. yeah, they're just, that's basically now that's what... The evidence says you have to listen and sit in someone's pain. Sit with them or sit with their feeling so they can feel that you're having empathy, compassion with them Mm. and then they are going to be able to then trust or have an invitation to move the conversation forward so that they they might know know the answers. But because you're slowly but surely unravelling a picture, something might come into their head. But because you tried to fix them too early, that picture would never come because they were never ready to. And it might be as well. They might end the call. They might ring back a week later. But then they've already gone through their own process of thought or seeing a doctor or something or you've got them to a point where they're a little bit further on in their journey Mm. uh, rather than bang in there and, yeah, do it this way. And yeah, yeah. But for some people they want, some people it. There's no right way or wrong way, but that's what how we're trained in those situations. So if someone does ring out, ring up to Lifeline and you know they talk to yourself, yep. and they want to ring back a week and a half later or two weeks, and they feel comfortable talking to you, do they get that option to talk to you again? No, yeah, okay. uh, there's certain things I wouldn't be able to answer, but um, yeah, it's it's a it's basically uh, you just ring and yeah, it's just whoever in Australia there was what three thousand three hundred twenty six calls yesterday. Mm. Um, I don't know the stats, how many crisis support callers there are in Australia, but, um, yeah. yeah. They'll just have a log, a login of, of Lifeline members, the call centre, and then they'll answer. Yeah, sort of that. Oh, I can't get an answer. No. I, I do know how it all works, yeah. but, um, yeah, at the moment, no, uh, I don't want the general manager to go tomorrow. Lindsay, mm-hmm. uh, no, we love you. We, you know, just 131114 if you're in, you know, sadness, loneliness, any in crisis or you just need someone to talk to. Lifeline will take your call. Yeah, reach and out they will, for sure. They will certainly try to. And there's a tech service now and um, Lifeline Newcastle is a face-to-face service. Yep. So if you really are struggling, maybe you're waiting to see a doc, uh, the, the doctor's making you wait to see a psychologist or you want to start your journey, you can at least turn up there or ring Lifeline Newcastle and ask for a face-to-face appointment. So there are ways of um, certainly at least moving you forward mm. and giving you the hope, and I think that's what it's all about. And that's special because, to be honest, like that was my next question. It was like, how can we, how, what can we do to improve awareness around the mental health and where people get help? Because when I was at when I was at rock bottom, like I never knew anything. Like mm. well, I wasn't aware of anything. Maybe it was because of the situation I put myself in, but like or I didn't talk to the right people. But even with my doctor and stuff like that, like I do a fellowship, like an NA fellowship, I'd never 
heard of that before. Mm. So it was like, so my ongoing question is, how can we improve like awareness around mental health? Well, there's, there's so many ways just by this conversation. Mm. It is connection conversation. Uh, I'll get, you know, like if anyone can vote till 14th of September, I'm part of the local hero thing for Westfield for Lifeline. Um, if you vote for that, but that'll get more $10,000 to Lifeline Newcastle. Mm-hmm. It's not a, nothing to do with me or create a bit more awareness. But we, I sat with the other people that were nominated, the five other people, and we were just having conversations and a lo- pretty much all of them are to do with mental health. You guys are about mental health. Mm. So we're sharing hopefully to people about mental health, inspiring people to talk or for them to maybe start a podcast or mm. become a crisis support operator. It's just a conversation. And yeah. it um, go back, uh, you know, five, ten years ago, the world, you know, say gay marriage was don't talk about that. At the moment, um, mental health is something that wasn't supposed to be talked about as a sign of weakness, mm. but it's almost now it's a sign of uh, you're a powerful human to be able to come out and go, mm. I potentially want to end my life, mm. you know. Yeah, you're right. And with these bigger names like Owe Craigie and um, I've seen a thing like a video of um, <clears throat> Greg Inglis doing it too, you know, mm. when you've got these high-profile guys coming out and, and, um, and speaking about it, it's showing these younger guys that are coming through that, you know, it is okay. Yeah, or the and CEO. It's not weak. Yeah, and it's, it's not weak to speak about it. There was a sticker I seen actually on the way. Um, might have been on the way over here one week, and um, it was just a round sticker, and it stuck with me. It's just like you know, it's it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it stuck with me. I haven't seen it again, but yeah, it just. But stuck it's with me. not okay to not do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. That sort of thing, and it is everyone just speak out. Mm. The CEO of Lifeline uh, has nearly become the premier of New South Wales until he had. Attempt on his life. Yep. And he lives, he just wrote an article today. He still lives with mental health issues. He's on medication. He sees a psychologist every two weeks. That's a high performing, I think he's a CEO of Landform or Landcare or something. So he's a high performing human, but he lives with a daily battle mm-hmm. inside his mind. And uh, it's powerful that he shares that. Yeah, that's right. Do you find <laughs> exercise helps you? Oh, absolutely. Like, to me, it fires up certain parts. You know, obviously my body is like feels ready to go. Going down to the beach, watching the sunrise, going into nature, Glenrock. We've got the most beautiful city in the world. Uh, listening to a podcast, um, just appreciating. There's so many things. I um, Sometimes a journal, what I've done, my, my social media is probably what I've just lived in. Just constantly just trying to turn the switch off that I've gone bang, appreciate it. All I've got, my children, I just love being a father. There's so many good things and I just know that if I stop doing a few of those things, um, but I can exercise too much mm. and I then I can put myself in a bad way. Mm. So I'm, I'm just, I'm next month's mental health month, I'm just, having a big go at it and then I'm going to shut myself down for a bit. Yeah, so probably before COVID I was in that sort of spot where I was exercising and training a lot and, uh, and I had – there was no peace in my head. Yeah. You know, I was judging everything I was eating, everything that I was drinking, everything, you know, mm. like go home to relax. Why are you relaxing? You could be doing something right mm. now, you know. But, um, yeah, it was COVID where I sort of, you know, obviously the gyms and everything and with the restrictions there wasn't much training going on and um, and now i found a real healthy balance to it. Where yeah. It's, yeah, where I'm not in my head as much. You know, I can actually, like yesterday, go home, sit on the lounge and do nothing. Mm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, you've got to find that healthy balance. Oh, for sure, and it, it can change a little bit. You can, you know, it's coming into summer. 
you know, you get that little bit more energized to do stuff. In winter, it's harder. And, it's very you know, hard. Yeah. You want that warm food, that warm meat pie. That meat yeah. pie ain't going to make you want to run after it, you know. So, yeah. But in we're, summer we're, when everyone's out there and you're like, oh, I've been here in winter and I've kind of got a little. <laughs> <laughs> we're, doing that, we're doing that at Blue Dog, yeah. actually, yeah. like as it's warming up yeah. now. Like everyone's coming for yeah. coffees at 6 o'clock. And got to line like, up for like 20 yeah. people. And was like, yeah. even today, it was like. The day before, there was a biggest yeah, lineup, exactly. and then today yeah. there was no one. I was nah, like, you should be like, cold, yeah. you should be a loyalty line, shouldn't they? Like, <laughs> yeah. no, nah, we're here all the time, yeah. man. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Watch yeah. my space. Yeah. <laughs> but even the uh, our seat, you know, along there, like it's yeah. taken in the mornings. It's yeah. like, get out. Yeah. Just got to get there earlier. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Nah, yeah, no, nah, we're too busy training, chasing the energy. <laughs> so. nah, that's good. So, um, what would you say, or what have you imp- implemented in your life to con? contain a steady mind like your mental health like oh just like how do how do you remain like balanced you know like you said you've got family yep um you're doing all these events you know like where's like what does Lindsay do in downtime i just guess you just check in with yourself all the time i'm mm-hmm. just becoming so much more wiser to who i am um i've always probably got a mission so to speak Probably learned that word from the military type of experience that I've I've been out fishing on the Hunter River with uh, two ex-military for seven hours. Mm. Wow, what an experience. So, you know, it's just I've always got a mission. So October I've definitely had a mission of uh, running and doing a lot of different things, a little bit different to my normal rowing, riding, trying to prove it or show that I can actually not just running. Um, and then I... Obviously, got the new 100. There's always something like even coming on the podcast. I think you contacted me on the weekend. So mm-hmm. you're like, all oh, right, I've got something next week that I've different. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to get that little missions. I've got a big mission. And then next year, I've probably got a huge one that I'll let out of the bag. I don't know when I reckon I can do it, but it's going to be like 140K and uh, yeah, wow. running to the top of a mountain and then running back. Yeah, right. Okay, nice, nice. Uh, you ever thought of going in like an ultra marathon or anything? Well, in terms of com- competition type thing? Yeah, or just as a, as a you know, I, I know they are sort mm-hmm. of a competition, but more as a, you know, a feat for yourself. Well, I did. I've done marathons. Mm-hmm. That was this thing in October, the Newcastle Marathon. I was going to finish with that. I was going to do three big days and then finish with that and then it's been cancelled. So there's a little bit of it. It's in my home city. I guess... Um, one of the reasons why I want to do 100K or in Newcastle was the fact that they the thing, the other closest one was on the central coast, um, on the kind of on the other side of the central coast. It's not so easy to get to, costs a lot of money as well. Yep. I find, you know, triathlons, um, ultra marathons, they cost a lot of money. And you just think if you can bring to your community a very cheap event, like we're just putting a small fee on the new 100 because everyone would just want to do it and might mm. not appreciate what they're doing. So, no, I, I just find that um, just enjoy the camaraderie of just seeing people not have to sprint, you know, or me have to push myself to a really fast pace, like 14 hours around Lake Macquarie with Caleb that time, the 100Ks. That was like, wow, because we did the new 100 in 18 hours. That sort of thing's fast enough for me. Just don't pick a younger mm-hmm. a younger man who's half your age to do something. With. So did you do the 100Ks in 18 hours? The new 100's over 18 hours. Is that what so it is? So, yeah, we, um, we have a pace set. So, we uh, obviously, the first 25 is faster than the last yeah. 25. Yeah. What are you aiming at there, roughly? Uh, I think it's uh, could almost be 
ten minute case or something. Yeah, isn't okay, it? so pretty cruisy. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not fast. And you're, just, you're good for fifty. <laughs> for sure. No, that. Yeah, you're good. Oh, well, pretty much the last fifty Ks we'll be walking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like everyone goes to me like I probably give a bad impression of who what the event's about because I'm always out there <laughs> going <laughs> hard yeah. at it, you know. <laughs> I don't pick flat surfaces to do things on and um no, it's uh it really is like quite achievable. And yeah. uh the especially the last ten Ks is when anyone from the community turns up. So mm. we're not gonna be going, right, we're doing five minute Ks guys. It's <laughs> uh that's probably the slowest ever. I think that last ten Ks took two hours, two yeah. and a half hours. Yeah, so, right. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah so, like I said, it's more the mental side of things, isn't it? Yeah, not, it's not just people that. being able to test themselves. Like, who who says they've done a hundred k event in yeah. their life, and it's and in, in your hometown? Yeah, it always motivates you more. Yeah, and or now you can be a part of a hundred k with two people or four people. Yeah, you got a lifelong memory there. Yeah, I did a hundred k's with someone, or I did a hundred k's on my own. I think that's an incredible achievement. You just have a nice beer after it. I mean, I don't drink. Unless oh. it's like a wedding, that'd pretty much be the only time I drink. But I tell you what, I'd probably have. I tell you, it's, I'd have some. I'd have some like you know salted water or whatever, like some um, electrolytes and everything. But um, I'd probably have a beer eventually. Yeah, there's, there's no real I'd rules. Have to give me a toast to myself. Yeah, I don't think anyone. I think pretty much everyone was pretty quiet. We're thinking of doing something after. But yeah, my son came up from Melbourne to it, and he drove me back home, and he took this video of me like, "You're right," and I like looked up to him like. It's like so tired. I'm like, yep, ticked. It's <laughs> like ticked off the. He just laughing his head off at me. I was just, and then I, I would normally, if I have a power nap, he would, you know, if someone's in the room, I'd instantly wake up. He was like dead set looking over me with his head in my face. <laughs> oh, I was gone, you know. We, so we finished at ten o'clock. So that would have been say twelve o'clock. Oh, I was just gone out of it. All right, man, I reckon those new black shoes of yours that you brought have got 50K written Don't keep pushing, mate. <laughs> small, small steps. Small That's steps. it. But, yeah, no, it's um, – it, there's some people you're still seeing, they're like, mate, did 100Ks, and you're like, you can see they're just so proud of themselves. And family yeah. members, you know, we had some people just turn up to the end who actually didn't do any of the – not even a kilometre, they just wanted to be there then because mm. this time last year so-and-so suicided in their family yeah, right. and it was a part of closure for them. Yeah, or they make right. a donation, they go, this is a donation because – How special is someone, that? Yeah, so if someone suicides, it's four or five people they say in the family that it affects loads. Um, it takes a long time to get over something. And it may take never – you never get over something like that. Nah, it's all the money answered questions, mm. isn't it? Yeah. That's – um. Yeah, it's sad, definitely sad. No, no, I love, I definitely love what you're doing. Like, would you um, ever be motivated to like go as a motivational speaker or anything like that? Is there anything like in the pipeline? Or? Oh, I don't know how you, I suppose at times you just talk to people. Like, if I'm sitting next to a bloke at Merriweather Stairs and you put something into him, I think that's as good as a motivation speaker for yeah. volumes of people. Very cool. My son does say sometimes, Dad, you should maybe train people up how to do ultra marathons. Mm. Or you should do more speaking. If that if that somehow if a door opens in that capacity, I'd I'd look down at it. But at the moment, new one hundred takes a lot of time. Uh, I know that once the crisis support starts, um, it's going to take time to make sure you reflect and you debrief because you hear stuff on there that's pretty challenging. That's what I was going to ask you. How like obviously you're in training, but I'm sure you would have got stuff through your social media by doing what you're doing. Like how do you yeah. How do you, like, 
centre yourself after that conversation? Yeah, well, we're very lucky when you're on crisis support, you'll have an IAWS, so that's an in-house supervisor, and that's fire. They 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 ring where you check in with them to start with, so I'm about to start a shift, and then yeah, they kind of someone will then make sure at the end, mm. are you all good? Yeah. And if you if even in a couple of days, if there's a trigger. You can, and I think that's really how life should be. You should have that person that will always, end of a day or a couple of days, are you all right, man? Yeah. And if you're not, you've got someone you can go to. And I think that'll keep Australia a lot safer in, um, you know, suicide and uh, certainly in just general people's happiness. Do you have that sort of format in in your um, in your fellowship, in your NA? You have sort of a sponsor that you bounce yeah. off, don't you? Yeah. Same as a lifeline, you can't yeah. really dive too much into it because of yeah. anonymity. But yeah, it's the same similar structure. You know what I mean? It's um someone that if you're not okay, yeah, it's walked the steps that you've walked. You can sort of you bounce know off. bounce off sort of that stuff. Yeah. But it's just I I feel for myself, it's like you as soon as you walked in the room, we sat down. I knew I can I can sit here and talk to you for hours. Yeah. When you resonate with someone, you know, you don't even have to walk the same path. Mm. But if you both have similar passions or and you can resonate with them, then I think that's priceless. One like one being. said to me, he said, You got a third eye. It's like you just walk into a room and that person's got a third eye, I'm gonna to gravitate to them because they're so similar and yeah. you know, there's everyone's different, but you just you connect on Especially if you're into um, mindfulness and um, consciousness, mm. and it's just like, whoa, there's someone in here that's similar to me. Yeah. Let's go, let's chat. It's cool. Mm. It's real cool. And it's um, I think it's more um, pronounced now with people doing what they're doing, especially around Newcastle, around everyone, everywhere. You know, around mm. the mental health and people are getting around it and for sure getting active and yeah, it's probably couldn't come at a better time with COVID and stuff. Oh, it's like Lifeline, the calls have been 40% up. Mm. COVID has, yeah, 40% of the calls are to do with COVID. Mm. And um, I think on average it used to be 2,500 calls a day. It's hitting 3,000 very often, often now. Mm. So um, that's, enough. yeah, that's... It is sad. I think they need to start by turning the TV off. I don't think this mainstream media helps any. Oh, no, it's, um, yeah, it's whatever is going on in your mind, whatever you are seeing and hearing is huge. And if you are seeing and hearing the wrong things, you're potentially going to go down that road. But um, if you're living pretty clean, but I, like I, if people know me then, and if you had not know me over a long time, you'll, he's a bit of a larrick and he's got a good wit. And, um, you know, when you find out the true me, love to laugh. Yeah, that's good. It's healthy. Yeah. you got to be your authentic self, you know, as much as, you want to be walking the path for your water for me. Like I don't touch alcohol or mm. anything like that anymore. But same, I still sit up and have a bit of banner with the boys and yeah. have a laugh and that. But like that's just my story is my story. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want people to be their authentic self. Yep. Especially around that alcohol and stuff like that. I can sit around people mm. that are drinking and they're like, oh, I feel bad. Don't feel bad. Mm. Like I want people to be their authentic self around me. Yep. I just know, like we talk about, this keeps coming up like awareness. I yep. have awareness of I can't touch alcohol because it leads to drugs. Mm. And then I'll be have no partner. I won't have my kids in my life. I won't have the podcast. I won't have this yep. connection. Yep. I'll be back down to where I was before mm. and that's just where it leads. So as long as I have that plane in my mind, then yeah. I'm all right. Yep. But I like people to be their authentic self, you know what I mean? Yep. Like if people come on here and they, and they want to have a beer and sit here and have a talk about all this stuff, that's fine. 
you know mm. what I mean, doesn't phase me. Yeah. And I think cool. when you're open-minded like that and then, you know, it, like it's you just being true to yourself. Yeah. It's special. Yeah, well, we had Kimmy on here. Kimmy had the, the nuts and the yeah. bottle of red. She yeah. cracked it out <laughs> Oh, really? Week. Yeah, one of, the, one of the ladies, yeah. Oh, I would have bought some prawns and give it to Maddie. Told Maddie mates, and I'm on the prawns at the moment. <laughs> the sea, sea cockroaches. <laughs> yeah, but that's what it's about being all your authentic yeah. self. The one thing I, yeah, I, I, you know, that you do notice is when you tell people you don't drink, and then you get them stories. Oh yeah, I've been meeting the, you know, I'm, yeah, I've been cutting down the drink actually. So mm. It's all good, man. Drink. Yeah. If that's what you want to do, you drink. You know, don't don't pretend to be someone you're not. Yeah, but in knowing you now, if I saw you like. Next week, sitting in a pub around, you know, 30 people drinking, mm. I would be probably just walking over to you and going, mate, are you right? Yeah. Well, I've got that, of course. I've got that, like that feel now that I know you and, yeah. you know, I wouldn't want to see in a situation where that could change sort yeah, of thing. So that's right. But that's looking out for your mate. 100%. And like I said to you, like that's that awareness around my surroundings. Like mm. if someone sat here and wanted to have a beer on the podcast or something, fair enough. I wouldn't put myself in that situation as yeah. in, like I sit up with my mates at the beach and I'll have a coffee. But if they're all going out for dinner and having beers and doing all that, then I'll be like, you know what, I'll, yeah. just, see you. I'll just see you at coffee. See, I'd, I'd probably do Lifeline earlier in the day yeah. than last thing at night because I wouldn't probably sleep that well if I had something on my mind. Yeah. And I guess uh, now that if people, if people know in my life, if they see me, say, sitting at Merriweather doing nothing and just looking out to sea, mm. they're more likely to come up to me and say, mate, you're all right. Yeah, true. Because normally I see, uh, you know, <laughs> I know your life now, you, you know, you're good. Yeah. So that's maybe people looking after me and... Um, it's or, true, isn't it? Yeah, all that sort of thing, making the world a better place. And I think that's where social media can be good because when you do do stories and you put yourself – like I do a gratitude list and readings and stuff every yep. day religiously, you know, and people comment and interact and some people like off the back of our podcast have started doing gratitude lists and stuff and I think if I stopped putting that up, that's when I'd really notice people say, are you all right? Yeah. <laughs> because that's just part of my identity. You did it about a month or so ago, a month and a half, and I texted you and I was like, yeah. good, man? Yeah. Like, yeah, what's happening? You yeah. going all right? Yeah. Yeah. Because there was nothing. I hadn't had a text and it was like, you know, 8.30 I think or I just forgot – to text them. <laughs> but yeah, no, but I, pre- yeah. I appreciate that, but, yeah. you know, yeah. because there's only a couple of people that you do, you know, that, and you realise your true friendships, not that people that don't message me yeah. are my friends, but it's that connection that you do have with people that know you. Mm. It's like, so, yeah, it's yeah. crucial. But it's loneliness is one of the worst <sighs> things for mental health. I think they say cancer and heart disease is the two killers, then it's mental health. But I reckon if your mental health's good, you might not get those diseases because you're not so stressed. But I'm not a doctor. Yeah. But the loneliness is huge. The cause mm. I've ever heard are people that are needing to speak to someone. You know, they're on their own, you know, for whatever tragic circumstance, mm. you know, divorce, on their own through no parents. Um, you know, they've fell out with friends and they become more and more withdrawn and that, um, I think they say if you are affected by loneliness, it can kill you, say, I think 20 or 30 years younger than what your life expectancy would be. Yeah, well, so, um, that's, we re- that's why the increase too in calls at the moment. You know, these people that have just gone through separation yep. or, or through a divorce and all of a sudden they're bang, you can't, you can't go anywhere, you know. Mm. You're allowed yeah. out one hour a day. With this COVID thing, and it's that's just like yeah. they're doing miles through their head. Unfortunately, yeah, it's it's um. It's my kids good. are in Melbourne, and um, you know, Melbourne is 
that's struggling down there. Mm. They really are. They just they can't get out. They're seeing the rest of the country out, mm. and they're like, well, "What's going on?" Mm. That'll be hard. Yeah, bloody. It'll yeah. be very hard. Yeah, but um, it's interesting because what's you know like you know we've had to adapt to the to the flu. You know what I mean? You know when everyone's gone about their lives, you know, with the flu, and now COVID's come out, and now we're we're all getting isolated. Like, what's the what's the end plan? You know what I mean? Like, what happens if we don't have a vaccine for five years and we keep getting spikes? You know what I mean? We can't mm. keep doing this. Mm. Surely not. Well, like the economics and yeah. all that of the country, but yeah, but you wouldn't have thought this time last year that you know we would have been shutting our houses because a bug no. or a virus came yeah, out. You'd no. be laughing at it. And, You'd be uh, cracking. Even yeah. in February, I was in Japan in February. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, I come back and yeah, I. There was no talk of it really. It was like, oh, this thing's spreading a little bit and then, you know, three yeah. weeks later it's bang, country's locked down. And if this happened to me, say, three or four years ago, I would not have had very good coping skills. Yeah. Whereas uh, loneliness was probably the worst thing in my life at the time because I had no skills. I was been part of a family all my life. Mm. Uh, now I had people ringing me going, mate, you're on your own, aren't you? Yeah. Are you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And my kids, uh, they live um, in a house of four. My yeah. son's ringing me going, Dad, we got four here. There's one there because they know how I live. They come and see me a fair bit. And yeah. uh, are you good? Like, oh, I am now. Yeah. But uh, go back four or five years ago, I would have, I might have ended up moving in with someone else's house for a bit. <laughs> yep. You're going back to mum's. <laughs> it's true though. Like I found my pattern in relationships was like that. Like I, you know, obviously didn't have a very good family system growing up so mm-hmm. always try to find that in relationships wanted yep. that sense of belonging and family and I would leapfrog yeah so I wouldn't have time to find myself and this was the first time before getting into my relationship now that I actually found me and yeah. gave myself proper time to find myself just a bit of a band-aid yeah massively Mass- yeah. just codependency yep. like so like you know severe codependency but like, like we said, you know, I'm aware of all that now and, you know, my life's healthy. I've got healthy relationships and I, I do take my own time too. That's what, mm. like, this Thursdays I, I stay in Newcastle, do a podcast, have, yeah. a bit, have a bit of my time and then I'm rejuvenated and I, I can be, you know, my best version of myself and yeah. my family. That's powerful. So, so important. There's a bloke called Les Brown. He's a great motivational speaker. He talks about it. He says, you may as well get used to being lonely because when you're put in the coffin... There's only room for one. <laughs> that's so true. So I know it's a bit, uh, you know, that's oof. But, uh, yeah, you may as well. Yeah, it's true. The most powerful people are the ones that love themselves and go within themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, I enjoy my own time. Mm. You know, I, I enjoy, you know, drop the young fella home on a Sunday afternoon and and head up to um, up to Nobby's and go for a skate or, or ride my bike into town and everything. Yeah. Well, yeah, I enjoy my own time. It's good. I, what night was it? might have been. I mean, uh, I don't know. It might have been Monday night. Monday night, maybe. Like I, I was at Nobby's car park shooting hoops in the dark. You know, by myself. Yeah. yeah just yeah. beats in the ear. Loving like, life. Oh, just yeah, good. You know what I mean? You you need your own time. You need to just go. Okay, you know, this is, this is what I like to do. It just zones me out and grounds me and brings me back to reality. You know, and yeah, no. Yeah, good. no. There's nothing more powerful than actually knowing yourself and going, I'm actually a pretty good dude. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you're like, oh, can take on so much. Mm. It's it, but connection. You know they do say you know you should be connected to people as well. I'm not saying you know live the way I have, but mm. I had to do that to become a more the person I am now. Mm. Now I am. I would love to share my life with someone, and um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm sharing my life with a community as well. I yep. think that's important. Yeah, most definitely. I think it's important in relationships too. Um, we had that discussion on Tuesday night at dinner as well. You know, like um, one of the guys I was out with, you know, he talks about how, um, you know, his missus was stressing a bit, how he's had to had to come up from Sydney to, to do some displays and that at our business. And then, um, you know, and it, it was his night away, you know, and um, that's what I said, you know, do you have a healthy balance there where, you know, you get to go and do your thing and then you mm. go, you know what? You know what, babe? Like, yeah, I'm going to take the kid. You go do your thing. I said, you really need to find that. You know, you've had separate lives before you've got into a relationship. It doesn't yep. mean you have to exclude those separate lives. Yeah, you got your own identity. Yeah, exactly. So I've got my identity. If I meet someone, they'd have their identity. Yep. And you cross pollinate a little bit out of your own identities, and then you do some stuff together that relates. Yeah, yeah. Which is away from probably the life you've had. Yep. Uh, so you're sharing a true connection, and um, but you still. You still do your own. Yeah. As well. Oh, I'd be if I had to stop doing what I'm doing now. You just find someone. I'd be just going. I'll be sitting. I'd be sitting at Maryland, looking out to the beach, going, you know, Lindsay ain't right, is he? <laughs> People checking in on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. You're right. Right. So you want to give yourself a bit of a plug, mate? Like where can people find you? What um how how can they donate? How can how can they get involved in, in the new one hundred? Yeah, no, if you so um I've got an Insta, Lindsay Walker or Y N D S A Y. Um go on there whenever and obviously there's uh you'll see the new one hundred at the new one hundred KM. So yeah, you can register at the moment. Obviously you, you can you can even buy merchandise now, new one hundred cap shirt, um there's so many ways and obviously through whatever donation you can do a donation that would go to the new 100 which just all goes to lifeline newcastle so um yeah that's uh that's my plug and i think also as well on an individual level yes i do run a long way or i do train a lot i'm more than happy for someone to contact me and go i want to come and do something with you whether it's a run a walk how do i become happier or anything you know i'm more than happy to speak about that but obviously as well i'm not trained i'd, I'd prefer you on the lifeline or a doctor but rather than sitting back wondering if i can do something just speak up and then i could be that little that little link link to you becoming a happier you yeah no sure. i like it or come to merryweather stairs five in the morning <laughs> Yeah, sometimes uh, even earlier, but uh, yeah, see what time I wake up in the morning. I tend not to set my alarm sometimes. Do you do you have any healthy advice on Are You Okay Day, like for people that may be struggling? Oh, I just think you just got to have things just to look forward to, and it takes you're never going to go from A to Z just via stopping at B. Life is a is always a tough journey. Um, take your time. Just win one day, keep yourself safe for one day, and then all of a sudden it just it just increments. And you become a greater person, and just but little things like just, and just follow a mentor. I think just pick one or two people out that you admire. How do they live their life, and try to follow that for a little bit. Make your bed. Start by making your bed. <laughs> well, you've won your day first up, haven't you? Yeah. The you've first thing day. you've done. You know why? Because you're coming home to a freshly made bed. That's it. So make it. You've achieved something, and then. Set the next goal for the you know the yeah. morning. And if you have a stinker of a day, at least you got a made bed. Exactly right. You're coming home to a made bed. So you finish on a positive. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So true, isn't it? It is. Yeah. That was uh, that was a speech by a Navy SEAL, a US Navy SEAL. Mm. 
Yep. Yeah, he's the one about when the sharks and that. Yeah, that, you know, heard the dark that? water, yeah. Yep, and yep. don't ring the bell. Don't ring the bell. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't <laughs> ring the bell. Yeah, it was a, um, it was pretty. Yeah, it was a he fucking, went back to his uh, old school. That was. Yeah, it was a fucking solid speech. Yeah. That nice. was the one thing. It was like make your bed. Yeah. Mm, so. Yep. Yeah, no, there you go. All right, before we let you go, we'll do the three before you flee. Yep. Three questions. Um, first one is what motivates you to wake up? Oh, oxygen, man. It's just out there. Life's out there. And I am not going to get any younger. And there's if I just don't want to pass away tomorrow, man. I just, I'm ready to live life so fast and hard and love it. So just to wake up, I love it. Yeah, nice. Good answer. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, next one is... Um, what legacy do you want to be remembered for? Oh, just my children. Yep. Just want my children to go, yep, dad up and down, whatever his life was, he just died, a, a true dude. Yeah. And they just go, they, they just miss you. Nice. Well, last but not least, mate, what's next for Lindsay? Can I talk about it? He's got something <laughs> big coming up. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, oh, yeah, I guess it's, it's going to, well, it will be, I'll run from my house in Charlestown to right. Tom Marie, up Tom Marie and back. Yeah, right. And, um, Fuck, that's massive. It is. I will do that. I promise you. As long as I've got, I can do it, I'll do it. And if I can't do it, I'll come back the next weekend and do it sort of thing. But yeah. <laughs> I think as well, if anyone say this podcast gets yes. out, I would like to do it for a, if someone has, is doing like a fundraiser for a person that needs an operation or something yeah, right, that okay. really is it could potentially die from a physical thing. Yeah, I would love or not want to love for them that for that to happen, but yeah. I would love to do it for that cause. Yeah, right. To give someone a chance to live their life that may die. That's special, man. Yeah. So if anyone out there that's got potentially that around maybe next February, yeah, that need the money for then, I'd I'd be certainly interested in having a chat. Yeah. But still doing all the lifeline stuff as well, like the crisis stuff. And you can do other things on top of that, the more training you get as well. Yeah. That's special. Very special. Mm. In saying that, yeah, I want to thank you for your time. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. You guys are legends. I appreciate it. See you next time at the um, New 100. Yeah, Yeah, no, we're doing it. We're doing it. We'll catch up with the boys for coffee and yeah, um, yeah, we'll reach out to them. Yeah, that'd be awesome. If not, if they're not keen. We're doing 50 each. <laughs> okay. It. You heard it on this program. Right. You can do the back end, the slower end, okay? <laughs> slower end. <laughs> right. Robbie O. Davis ended up doing on a uh, wheelchair last year. Yeah. He, had done, he snapped his Achilles. So yeah, right. we've got the OC. Yeah, he'll do 25. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, you're there. Sold. Yeah, we'll get there. But no, mate, you're a very, very inspiring person to be around. And what you do for Newcastle community and, you know, everything that you're doing in the background as well is very special. So, you know, definitely. definitely. Yeah, no, it's not. It is, it is for this community. I love Newcastle. has been my life. And um, I'm, this is where I'm going to spend the rest of my life. So I'm on at Newcastle. Everyone to know that Newcastle is a great place. Yeah, we actually had a reach out by um, by a fellow in Perth. And he's a, um, yeah, Nova Castrian. He, mm. um, yeah, he's, he was born here and he... Um, he met a met a Perth lady while on his travels overseas, and ended up um, yeah hitching up with her and, and living over there now. But he actually yeah that's what he he reached out to us just to say you know he's um yeah cheers for what we're doing and that sort of thing. Yeah. And we're showing we're showing everyone what the Novocastrians are, are about. So and, and yeah. we truly are. So no, we're strong. We're strong people. It was like Geelong, been Geelong in um, Melbourne, and they got that same sort of real. Yeah. There's certain places where you're like, geez, they got real. They're they're strong characters. Yep. I mean, you're doing great. Keep it up. Wish you all the health, wealth and success for your futures, mate. Thank you very much. Same to you guys. Appreciate it. Cheers. Peace out.